Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. I'm joined by both Chris Nee and Josh Newberg. Josh over Skype, Chris to my left, and I've managed to both uh, to annoy both of them already in the first like five seconds of recording. It's just a natural way of order. I annoy people. So anyways, guys, uh, we have a it'll be a quick hitter episode today, but essentially what we're trying to do is uh, lay out a really, really big recruiting weekend for FSU, a, a vital one if FSU wants to finish with a, you know, a top 15 or so class. So we're going to lay out who we're expecting, um, maybe some of the names that are kind of up in the air right now. And uh, Chris, I'll kick it off to you. Let's go over who the commitments that FSU is expecting and to either kind of solidify their status or even help recruit for them right now. Well, if you remember, FSU signed 15 players during the early signing period, and six of those players are already enrolled. So there's only nine guys that uh, haven't enrolled that signed, and there's four guys that haven't signed or enrolled. Those four guys are Brendan Gant, Quayshon Floor, Travis Jay, and Nick Cross. Nick Cross has already taken an official. He took it over the summer, so he won't be coming in for an official. As of right now, the list that I have doesn't include Travis J. but up until this morning, I've expected Travis J. this weekend. I think there may be a conflict with his basketball schedule. That might be what's making it a little bit of a complex situation. No concern there, though. Travis has shut down firm to FSU. He'll get in for an official at some point between now and the first Wednesday in February. So the two guys that are on the list are Brennan Gant, Quayshon Fuller, Gant, very solid to FSU, may visit LSU. That's still somewhat up in the air. Wouldn't shock me if he goes next week. It's more of a favor to his father. I believe he's a Grambling grad or has some connection to Grambling. So it's in part to get him back over that way because he has some ties to the area. But Brendan Gant's going to be a seminal. And Quayshon's one that I wouldn't say I'm concerned about, but there's more to be concerned about. Alabama's still making a push there. Obviously, Bama's playing a numbers game, so who even knows if they'll have space for him. But as of right now, they're planning to bring him in for an official next week, February 1st. Nick Saban was just in his living room. Auburn's still involved to some degree, as is Louisville, but right now it's really an FSU-Bama deal. But I think this weekend can go a long way to maybe getting him firm up and even cancel that visit, even though he's been pretty adamant that he intends to take those visits. It wouldn't shock me if him and his mother are really impressed with their second trip in about a month's period that he just shuts it down and makes it known that he's definitely signing with FSU. Josh, you're very quiet. I know we need to keep you engaged or else risk losing you entirely. So uh, any insights or, or follow-ups there to the guys who FSU has in the fold that are, that are expected on campus? <clears throat> yeah, just to piggyback off Chris with Travis J. don't expect any – issues with him between now and signing day i think the official visit like he said is just a formality it'll get done <clears throat> he is a um a basketball player and a pretty damn good one at that so you know like me and chris were talking and chris looked over his schedule i mean he will have to miss a basketball game either this weekend or next weekend to get it in but we you know we anticipate him coming in at some point for his official um to clarify on brendan gant uh he told me that his father is in the grambling hall of fame ah. i believe he was recently inducted so part of the reason in going over there he kind of tied it into that and just wanting to um never really been to louisiana he's he had said and and wanted to have his dad show him around a little bit so um i also believe that quayshawn fuller probably ends up shutting it down <clears throat> I think with mom coming in on the visit again, um, she's very comfortable with Florida State. We know that uh, she's a big part of his decision, and he's taken a couple other trips. He's taken plenty of unofficial visits. I wouldn't be surprised if he just shuts it down after this weekend and, and rides off into signing day. Josh, can you say comfortable again? Com- 
comfortable. <laughs> I gotta pronounce every syllable. Comfortable. Um, one thing on on Quayshon Fuller, I think maybe worth noting is he was in for the unofficial visit during the big weekend of official visitors back in December, right? Yep. Right. Uh, and he was with his mom on that He trip. was with his mom, and the one thing, he was the very last one to leave. He waited around all day, was hanging out with other commits, and really enjoyed himself from what I understood. Uh, I remember talking to someone that was that was able to talk to Fuller during that and, and said that they felt like he was really, really set with FSU. Obviously, Alabama comes knocking, and well, I think you have to listen. And, but Yeah, and Brendan, to, to build off that, when I was – um, digging in on all that Akeem Dent stuff after the official visit weekend, we were trying to find out if he was staying or go or uh, signing or not. Um, I had talked to my source that's real close to him that is also uh, <clears throat> talks to to uh, Akeem Dent's mom. And when Akeem Dent's mom got back from the trip, she told this person that um, one of the reasons why she so was so solid on Fort State was because after talking to Quayshon Fuller's mom about the access to Nick Saban and how easy it is to get taggered on the phone compared to some of these other coaches. And so it was Quayshon Fuller's mom that was really selling FSU to Akeem Dent's mom. <laughs> um, so I think this will, I think this visit will go a long way in, in shoring this up. And I, I don't anticipate as wild as Quayshon Fuller's com- recruitment's been, I don't anticipate it being a major storyline down the stretch. I heard, I heard something similar to, uh, to that from, from someone else about Fuller's mom. So I think that's ultimately a, a very good sign for FSU uh, for reading the tea leaves there. So anything else with the commits currently? Uh, we expect Kalen Deloach and Curtis Fan to be around for unofficial. Those guys are already signed. We expect them to be around and helping out. Uh, yeah, and then Kevon Glenn's also coming in. Did we mention him? I don't remember. No, he's on my list. I may have glanced over him. But he's taking, we forget because he's, he's signed. He's signed, he's but signed. he's taking an official, which is kind of a right. strange uh, deal. But, but he took an unofficial that big visit yeah. weekend and got offered then. So it was kind of one of those where his recruitment went at a super fast pace when it came to FSU. Basically, it was a 24-hour recruitment. Got him in for the unofficial offer. Only commits. He signs all within about a week's time. It's pretty wild. But he's a town kid. He's a big FSU supporter. He'll be another kid that will be a helpful recruiter for them on this weekend. Yeah, so you have some cheerleaders in place, and you have some guys that you're trying to lock up with Ganton Fuller who have been committed for a while now. So uh, let's move on to the uncommitted uh, players that, that FSU is expecting to visit. And I'll use Chris's favorite word. It's fluid. Uh, we, we These are guys that we've been able to confirm with them uh, that they're expected to come. But this is we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Still, obviously, things can change before Friday when guys are expected to arrive. I'll start off with Shimon Cooper, a uh, four-star linebacker from Illinois, currently committed to Illinois, the only uh, right now expected visitor uh, that we for sure can confirm that that is committed elsewhere. Uh, who wants to take uh, take the – Cooper breakdown first. Josh, Chris? Josh got to see him uh, at Under Armour, so I'll let you Yeah, Shaman Cooper uh, told me at Under Armour that he was going to commit at the Under Armour game, that FSU wasn't going to be among the teams he was choosing from. But regardless of his commitment, he was definitely going to visit FSU on the 25th, is what he told me. And I asked him, well, you know, what if FSU makes a big impression and then, you know, you might want to go there. Are you still, you, you sure you're going to make your decision at the Under Armour game? And he, he said, yeah, I'll, if, if, if I go to FSU and I really like it, I can always just switch my decision. And he looked at me like it was just totally normal thing to do, which was to go on ESPN and announce a decision and then possibly flip it three weeks later. So he's definitely open to FSU. Um, obviously you'd rather have him uncommitted than committed to another program. 
but he's definitely interested in getting him in. He's, a, he's been a big priority. And um, we've kind of seen him shut down his recruitment. What would you say, Chris, like over the last 10 days, seven days, he's really become quiet, which is interesting. Well, some of that is uh, Coach Greg Fry and Raymond Woody went in home with him and his family last week. And his mother posted something to Twitter of them having dinner. And it caused a little, you know, what Twitter can cause when a kid committed elsewhere. And it was, I believe she deleted it. And since that point, he's been a little more quiet about everything. I think it's just a matter of... Why did it stir up stuff? Because whenever a kid is committed elsewhere and he does anything with another school, it always stirs up stuff. Even if he's, you know, very forthcoming with the fact that he is entertaining that school and he intends to take an official to that school. People still get themselves in bunches and they let themselves act like bullies and whatever you want to be on Twitter. And it just causes things. So he kind of – he's been fairly quiet since that. He didn't – you know, most times I'll text him about when FSU's coming in. I'm pretty sure FSU was in there on Monday of this week. But he wouldn't even confirm that. He's done that in past weeks. I think he's just – he's keeping a low profile. But one thing to add on, Cooper, a lot of people think that he's kind of a fairly new target of like November, December. Nah, his father and Coach Woody met over the summer. Actually, it's just parents when they were at the opening watching their sons work with the linebackers there and kind of have a friendship beyond a recruitment. And then FSU got involved as a school recruiting home, you know, after the summer. So there's been kind of a bond that's been built over, you know, now about seven months. So it's not something that's kind of happened overnight, like I think a lot of people like to paint it. Yeah, I think that's from the Illinois campus kind of pitch. Well, we've liked you, Shimon, for a long time, and FSU's just kind of yeah. got in lately. Uh, so that's worth worth noting. And, and to Josh's point, yeah, I would almost – there's almost something to me more impactful about the idea of a commit taking an official visit less late in the game than a, than a guy who's non-committed. Like it, it shows that he clearly means business if he's going to uh, go, yeah, put out your reputation a little bit and and take a visit elsewhere. Does that make sense? No, no one, no one's I, listening. I thought you were asking Josh. I was, but he's not responding, and you're texting. I hate you both so. I was paying attention, but the question wasn't geared towards me. It was open ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is very important. I think Florida State. I'm gonna answer the question. Florida State's positioned themselves well. Um, he wasn't I, any other year, you, you would think Illinois versus FSU. It's a done deal, but this is uh, not like any other year. All right, let's move on to four-star defensive end Charles Moore from. Louisville. Defensive tackle. What? You think he's definitely a D tackle? I think he can be a DN. I think he's the type that if you go three, four front, he's perfect for that strong side spot. And I know that's always yeah, a bigger body. If you type do that, guy. I think in FSU scheme that we've seen the last few years, I think he's a D tackle. I mean, I got to see him in uh, in Orlando for a couple days, and I definitely I thought he was a defensive tackle. But he is athletic as hell. Uh, he's very similar in build to like what Jacquez Sorrells was. I think one you guys saw me tweet some videos on Jacquez Sorrells, right? Yes. He, he missed a majority of his senior season, I believe, with an injury. Is that correct? Did you hear that at Under Armour? Yeah. So or I think he's a, a tad yeah, bit he was heavy. Healthy. I think he's a tad bit heavy right now, not necessarily in playing shape. I I think he's a strong side guy, at least early in he's his He's strong as hell, man. Yeah. I mean, he was in there moving people. He was he was strong as hell. I like him. He's from Louisville, Mississippi. Yeah. Do you form, think the bourbon's good there? Former Mississippi. I'm not answering that. I did listen to that question. I'm just not going to answer. <laughs> former Mississippi State pledge. Florida and Ar- Auburn are kind of duking it out for him right now. 
Um, you know, that was one of those where that official was on and it was off and then it was back on. So I expected, you know, on. Well, off, Tennessee, off. I think the, the whole Tennessee dropping out of it helped put FSU back in the picture. Yeah. So right now I expect them at FSU. That is as of checking with them late Tuesday evening. That was still the plan. And that's after checking one of them a few times throughout the last week. Um, I know Mississippi State's trying to get him to come in here for an official or unofficial this weekend. I don't think he's going to do that as of right now. Next weekend, he's supposed to go to LSU and then make a decision there signing on signing day. So yeah. I think FSU has a shot with him. He liked the guys he met at Under Armour, and truthfully, they're the primary reason he's interested in FSU. Well, we said that about R.J. Henderson as well, so hopefully this one – Goes a little bit differently. Well, earlier when, yeah. when Josh said that he told me at Under Armour, I was like, well, a lot of people have told you a lot of things yeah. at Under Armour. <laughs> I wasn't trying to bring it up. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame. <laughs> Didn't say he was going to flip. All right. Didn't give me quotes on it. All right. All right. Moving on, offensive lineman Kamar Bell, big, big, big interior offensive lineman from Colquitt County, right? All right. Moultrie. Yeah. He's Moultrie. from Moultrie. That's Colquitt County. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'm staying away from pronunciations. I don't enjoy pronunciations. Do <laughs> we do it on purpose? No, I don't think so. All right, someone talk about him. I'm not supposed to be talking about the recruits. Well, Kamar Bell is another big time target coming in. Him and Ira Bell are really uh, Ira Henry. And, and Ira, Ira Henry. Sorry, Good. Ira Bell. <laughs> Ira Henry. M- moving away from Josh. Uh, you talk about are, him. are the two main high school targets. Darius Washington is in there as well. I guess we could put him now that he's offered. Um, but coming out of uh, coming into the visit, it sounds like Auburn's the leader. We know Florida State has has gone in home with him every weekend. Um, does he have a trip after this, Chris, or is this going to be it heading into his decision? As of right now, this is it. But he okay. sometimes will schedule pretty quickly. So we'll we'll most likely see Willie Taggart go in home with him next week. Then, because yeah. I don't believe he's done so yet. Um, so this won't be the last face-to-face contact they have, but it could be his last visit. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a big weekend. Um, Florida was involved. Who else is in there besides Auburn right now, Chris? He went to Louisville. He took kind of like a midweek to end-of-week trip last week to Louisville. I think he enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but he still came out with Auburn as a favorite. Miami had kicked the tires. Florida had kicked the tires. There were some others. I think maybe Well, the last time he named like an actual leader group, I think Florida was in there. But I don't think Florida is recruiting him anymore. I think they're done up front. Yeah, going into the visit to FSU, I think it's basically he's planning to go Auburn. Auburn, as of right now, and FSU has to change his mind. That's the way I view his recruitment, at least. Are we feeling the same with Ira Henry? Uh, He's kind of backed off the statement he made earlier in the week, right? Yeah, I was told that when he made that statement on Sunday that they were his leader, that he was a little uh, half-hearted with it, that it wasn't like emphatic, that it was truly a post-visit high comment. Um, So, yeah, I would say it's fair to say both of those guys are guys that can easily be swayed – well, not easily, but can be swayed away from Auburn – and they both have a true interest in FSU. Kamar Bell is a kid that came to FSU summer camp over the summer. And truthfully, I think had hoped they would show more interest between June and July and then up till December than they had prior to when they offered in December. And with Ira Henry, he turned the FSU offer when he received it as his dream offer. And it's a school that he's certainly very interested in. He's bringing both parents on a visit here. He's developed a very good relationship with Dante Pimpleton. Um, Greg Fry's also been involved there, as has Raymond Woody, as Woody's up there recruiting his teammate Cooper. 
So he's built a bond with the staff, and FSU still has their in-home with Willie Taggart with him next week. And Taggart's up in Moultrie today. He's supposed to see Jay Ward. I don't think he's supposed to see Kamar Bell today. But sometimes those get a little interesting with scheduling. Yeah, I don't expect him to see Bell today, but... Is, is Henry's more of a tackle prospect, right? That would be fitting in yeah. that need for uh, You can put – I mean, I think ideally, uh, if, if you have your pick, maybe he's a guard. But with where, what Florida State's dealing with, yeah, I'd pencil him in um, to fill in the tackle need right now. Yeah, Bell's body is 100% a guard. guard right, yeah. While mm-hmm. Henry's body would allow him to have the opportunity to play multiple spots. He's probably truthfully more suited for guard. But he could get away yeah. with being attacked. And it's hard to find. As we're right. finding, not yeah. hard to find. For, for, big, for big all intents and purposes in 2019, Henry's a, a tackle and Bell's a guard. All right. And the tackle body that FSU's after down the stretch here is Darius Washington. They finally offered him. Obviously, he was on campus in December for an unofficial. They're pushing for an official. We'll see if it happens. Um, you know, Mississippi State, where he's committed to, wants him in for an unofficial this week. And Miami, who he visited for the second time officially last week, allowed to do so because they had a head coaching change, um, is a school that's very much in the mix. And I think right now it's really those three are the main three suitors. So he's one, as far as body prototype, is the tackle type that FSU could add down the stretch here as things stand right now. But they have to get him in for an official. You have to get him in. Uh, they'd be shooting for this weekend, I imagine, if they do. Uh, and, yeah, that's – the first step was to offer, and we'll see what happens happens from there. Um, but he would certainly got to get him back on campus. Yep, yep, for sure. And again, for our listeners, I think we touched on it uh, earlier this week. Chris and I did, but he was on campus for the unofficial back in December. Yep. was one of the guys with uh, with Quayshon Fuller, who was an unofficial. The weekend of December fourteenth, the big weekend. The big weekend, yes, that was day. Yep, hung out with Quayshon Helton that weekend, I think, and and so yeah, there's a. Yeah, FSU has a chance for him. We'll see. And um, his head's spinning somewhat. He's had uh, Miami head coach was in there. Mississippi State head coach was in there this week. He's had a lot of people through the house. Georgia Tech just offered a couple of days yeah, ago. A lot of schools pushing for visits here in the last two weeks. He's committed somewhere that he's been fairly faithful to, but he's also truly going through the process. It's a tough deal for the kid. He's yeah. trying to figure it out. So, And they keep a low profile intentionally. They're upfront about that. So it is what it is. But... FSU is certainly trying to get him to step back in Tallahassee. Well, that'll be a name we monitor in the next day or two here. Uh, let's mm. go over Lance Chris. Legendary. The people, the people want to know about the quarterback. Right? Always, always. Legendary. Uh, he is slated to take an official still, correct? That's where correct. we're at as of, as of Thursday afternoon. So that's big. That's uh, probably QB1 on FSU's board, him and uh, John Rawls Plumley, 1A, 1B. But – Big to get him on campus, especially after – where did he visit, Miami last week? He did not go oh, he didn't last week. Okay. He was supposed to go to Tennessee, and they ended up pulling the plug on that visit. Miami like expects him ago? next weekend. Oh, okay. Fluid. Um, so, yeah, that's a very fluid one. Truthfully, FSU is in the best position for that kid and has been since January began. He fits what Kendall Bryles wants to do offensively. He's, in my opinion, the most talented quarterback available in the high school ranks at this point in time. And, you know, the only red flag with him is academics. And I don't think they're so far gone that he can't get in, but there's work to be done to make sure he gets in. So it's a little bit of a, you know, if you're pinning your hopes on that being your quarterback in the class, you really want to make sure you get him in. So that's the one hesitation point with him. But he's a talented athlete, good, strong-armed kid. He can run the offense that they want to run. And this weekend can go a long way. I think FSU truthfully could sew him up this weekend. Um, and keep Miami away completely. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's 
pivot to guys who. Well, your f- kickers are people too. Where's, where's Bob Ferranti to, to break it down? Ryan Fitzgerald is who I'm referencing. Kicker from Moultrie. I'm never saying the school name again. Cole Kit County. You hurt my feelings so bad. I'm never doing it again. Cole I'm just going to have you chime in. But uh, Fitz is coming in this weekend. Excellent kicker. I don't know how in the hell he's ranked like the 15th or 16th kicker in the country. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know how to rank a kicker. I can't Does kick he a make football field goals far away? But he's really good at what you're supposed to be good at as a kicker. <laughs> and he's been good in different settings. I've seen him in high school games. I've seen him in uh, FSU's camp this past summer when he competed. He's a good one. He's been getting recruited by FSU for some time. Alonzo Hampton was actively involved with him. Obviously, Hampton's now gone. Other members of the staff have continued on with recruiting him here in recent weeks. He's coming in for an official. If they extend a true year one offer with him, I think there's a high chance that he ends up a Seminole. What I mean by that is right now they're, the way they've been pitching him is come in, sit a year. When Ricky leaves, you get the scholarship. And they've been doing that with him and Zach Sessa, a real good kicker from Venice who's expected in next week on February 2nd for an official. Um, so they've been doing that with both of them. But it wouldn't shock me if the class from a number standpoint allows it that they offer the day one you can play on scholarship offer. And that, yeah, and, that would and be that's what I was going to get up. Is uh, there's room, um, and I think the smart move here is to offer one of these two kids, take them on a full scholarship, don't mess around. They're both very good kickers. They're FSU's very familiar. Even though Alonzo Hampton uh, recruited him the whole time, they were on campus to kick, so I'm sure they have film. Anybody can watch it um, that that takes over special teams and can tell that both these kids are worthy of a scholarship. And I just. I, in a in a class where you can kind of knock something out and take care of it, since since there is some room, I think they should do it this year rather than putting it off to next year. And, and you know, it, we've seen what can happen at quarterback. All of a sudden, you know, you think you're in a great spot to land one, and you're scrambling at the end to find whatever you can get. So, um, I think just taking a kicker this year would 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 solve a lot of issues moving forward. Yeah. All right, he. Uh, we're good. You guys are spending a ton of time. Yeah, on we're kickers. good. Jesus, Sorry. I just think it's, I think it's I think it's a no brainer in my opinion. Yeah, These I'm with you. And the other thing is, you look at who can you get this year versus who can you get next year, and exactly that's a kid in South Georgia who's really really good at what he does, and you know he's good. The kickers I know they like next year. There's two of them that I know. One is in North Georgia near Athens, so that's more of a UGA Clemson Auburn type area potentially, and the other kid's more like a Midwest kid. So. It's sort of a regional take-the-safe bet who you know is good. Anyways, I'm moving on because Sinone thinks I'm wasting time on specialists, even though they can score, you know, 11 to 15 points in a normal game. I could talk specialists games. with you all day, Chris. Cool. I'm all about specialists. We need to bring Bob back. And just have a specialist pod and yep. take Brendan off. All about kickers and punters and, and long snappers. Don't forget the long snappers. I'd like to see one of you turds try to edit the podcast and post it. Oh, <laughs> somebody's feelings are in a bundle. All right. <laughs> okay, so there's a list of a few other guys that we're trying to confirm. We're not sure what exactly the plans are. These are guys that FSU has pursued heavily down the stretch, that they've offered all of them, guys they would like to get in this weekend preferably. Uh, but fluid, Chris, situations? I hate that word. I know. But but it is we're trying to see. And you never know what can change in the next 24 or 48 hours or so. But we mentioned Darius Washington as a name that FSU would like to get in. We already went over him. 
Uh, let's go to one. Chris, I'll let you talk about this one because it's a little bit of a complicated situation. Linebacker Eugene Asante, who just got a big, big bump in the 24-7 rankings, went from not ranked in the top 247 to what, like top 150 or so? Yeah, I think he went from like 800 something to the top 150, if I remember correctly. New and it, it's deserved. His video is outstanding. I love his senior film. Yeah. Um, Asante, Tuesday night, his trainer, who's also related to him in some form or fashion, I think it's his cousin, um, stated that it would be TCU this weekend, UNC next weekend. FSU worked really hard on Wednesday to try to change his mind regarding this week. As of this morning, the same person, trainer, cousin, says that it will be FSU this week and UNC next week. Uh, FSU source also told us they expect him in this weekend. Raymond Woody's worked really hard there. He's a the primary there. He's a guy that FSU likes a lot at a position where they want to add another guy with size and ability, and he certainly has the ability. The size is so-so, but the ability is really, really good. Um, he's a play ender, which is what you want at that spot. So as of right now, He's a guy that I expect in. FSU's going to take their shot. I think VTech is kind of the team that's sitting in the best spot with him as of right now. VTech, UCLA, UNC, FSU, TCU, those have been the main players down the stretch. But uh, FSU will have a shot. If they really impress, they, they could swing that one. But got to keep monitoring it because, I mean, it literally changed completely in a 24-hour period. So nothing says it doesn't change again. I doubt TCU is all of a sudden going to quit trying to pursue him. And FSU does want him. There was a report out there that FSU was kind of moving off him because of height. I think yeah. his height's he's a little shorter, but he's a badass. Uh, and FSU is not in a position to turn away guys who can hit and run like he can. Yeah, he may not fully maximize the size portion of what they're looking for, but ability-wise, more than anything, he definitely does. And at the end of the day, they need they need a linebacker too, and there's just not many options out there. Yeah. And if you're looking at the options, Eugene Asante is definitely at the top of the list for what's available, and they absolutely need one more. So we talked about: can they flip Cooper from Illinois? Can they flip Eugene from TCU? And I mean, you need one of the two for sure. Yeah, and despite if the work they, if not both of them, despite the work they put in with Cooper, Cooper's old high school coach is on that Illinois staff, so. At the end of the day, it's going to be tough for him to tell them no. And this will be his first ever visit to campus. Yeah. All right. Let's go defensive back Jay Ward, also from Colquitt County. Moultrie. Uh, <laughs> and he's also <laughs> a situation that is extremely fluid right now. Fluid! Yeah. <laughs> FSU told me this morning they expect him in. That was the expectation up until Tuesday evening when Jay Ward told me that he was no longer coming. I checked with Jay this morning. He told me as of right now he's still not coming. But David Kelly along with Willie Taggart are due in to see him today. I believe their goal is to change his mind. He still listed FSU in a top four edit that he put out today. It was FSU, LSU, Texas A&M, Kentucky. He's already taken an official visit to LSU and A&M. He's set to see Kentucky next week. So it makes perfect sense if he goes anywhere this weekend, it would still be FSU. So as of right now, I expect him in, but I'm waiting for him to tell me he is definitely coming in. Yeah, I can't understand why you would name a top four, put FSU in it today, and then not visit anywhere over the weekend and, and not go check out FSU. So Are you trying to make sense of what recruits? Well, uh, there, there is a reason why he canceled Tuesday evening from what I was told. I was told he's somewhat concerned with the depth at FSU's secondary combined with the talent they're bringing in in the class at the position. That essentially, just from a numbers perspective, to him, it's kind of a harder sell. So I presume that would be the conversation he has with the coaching staff today when they visit. If he hears what he wants to hear, he'll come in 
and he can judge it for his own. It's not like a matter of he doesn't want to compete, but it's a matter of if your depth chart checking FSU is not the most appealing option. Right. And I think Willie Taggart's relationship with the family dating back to the time of recruiting his brother at USF um, has their foot in the door here. And like we always say, if they can just get him on campus. You got a shot. All right. Last so one. We'll last one. Right? Last one for right now. All right. That's uh, a recent. Another guy who got a bump in the latest, our final top two four seven. It's Alante Brown, the athlete from where is he from? Chicago. Yep, Simeon High School in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, that's that's I think produced a handful of I think Antoine Walker, Donovan McNabb, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a few guys. I believe it's remember. a very very good basketball school, yeah. not a bad football school either. Um, but he's a he's an athlete. I think FSU likes him. What Josh as a as a running back. Yeah, as a running back, and I, I, you know, I really like him. I think he's, I think he's one of those dynamic players that they need on offense. And we saw flashes of it from Trayshawn Harrison, and not really many other guys that can bring that kind of explosiveness and quickness. Um, so yeah, four, I four three I speed, think, right? Yeah, what's that? Four, four three speed, like he's he like time four three like legit fast. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I think they need more guys like that when the ball when they touch the ball, the other teams kind of, you know, hold their breath for a second. Yeah. And you you got that feeling with Trayshawn Harrison and I don't know, well there's not that on offense right now uh in the signing class. So I'd like to see them add some explosiveness. That's what we talk about on offense that they need. So go out there and recruit it. I think uh I think this is an important visit. Yeah, he's got good hands out of backfield. I think it's somewhat a reaction to Amir Razul potentially departing the roster as he put his name in the transfer portal. Definitely. So it's a possibility. So they're recruiting as a possibility could come true. And uh, he's a talented kid. He's a Michigan State commitment, but he's had a lot of schools come in, FSU, Texas Tech. I know there's some others I'm forgetting. He was hoping to take three to five visits in like a 10-day span. That's a hell of a lot to bite off. We'll see if he's able to pull it off. We've heard um, kids say it before. Right, exactly. At this point, I think he might take three total, including FSU. But as of this morning, FSU expects him. And according to a source tied to him within the high school, he's expected to take that visit this weekend. But Alante has yet to confirm his visit plans entirely. But FSU's been in there twice. He is certainly a Kendall Bryles target. He's that type of kid, type of player that he wants. He's a guy that fits what they're trying to do. And we've seen him pursue a few running backs here. Darwin Barlow, TCU commitment that was trying to get in. He's not coming in. Was one. Um, the kid from Rome, Georgia, who they're hoping to get in next weekend. Next weekend. As, as of right now, is on the schedule for next weekend. He's another. So it's not like Lante Brown's the sole guy that can provide what they're looking for in that position. All right. Is that everything? Jamie Jamius Griffin? Is that how we're is that what we're going with right now? Chris can't pronounce. I'm retired. All right. Retired. By, by, the, by the next podcast, I will have the correct pronunciation. You should, He's coming in next weekend. We will pronounce his name. Right. You should just record Rusty Manziel saying his name and just play the audio clip whenever we say his name. <laughs> whenever we say uh, yeah. How do, how do you pronounce comfortable, Josh? Uh, stop. It's too many syllables for me. All right. Uh, any final – I don't know. Do we think that this weekend will result like immediately in commits or is this more the final I, stretch to well, signing day to the, see that, how they position themselves? The big weekend in December, they kind of staggered them out after it. Yeah, I that's think why we I see that to some degree with this one. Plus, there's the possibility of guys taking a visit next week. And there's also the, well, head coaches still have to come to my living room situation. So I don't think there will be a whole lot of popping on Sunday. I think there may be some within the next week and some others that hold over until either on or very close to National Signing Day. Yep. So I don't think there's going to be 
any commitments coming out of the weekend, meaning like on Sunday or Monday or maybe even into Tuesday. So I think there's going to be a great panic, right? Because that's what people do in recruiting on message boards. No. There's not immediate results. So I think there's going to be a big panic. And um, But overall, Florida State's going to do what they do. They're going to the, A lot of these kids aren't coming in to decide this weekend. They're, they have another visit planned or they have a big ceremony planned for signing day. So you can't just make a kid decide. Um, but the results are there from last year. I think we trust what we saw last year. Well, I, I don't believe that was a fluke. Um, we've questioned some things that FSU does in recruiting, but one of them that they do really well is these big visit weekends. So I think it does pay off. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it really comes down to what they do on, on the offensive line and at quarterback. So if they can lock up a, a Henry Bell combo um, and Lance Legendary, then legendary, legendary, then that's a huge weekend. I mean, that's a huge weekend. So it's all about filling needs, and it, we got to get these needs met at the offensive line and the QB. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I, I do think that the the narrative and some of the attitude that that people are the skies falling, which uh, we've talked about this before. There's certainly reason to be skeptical, but. And critical, but if FSU can hit some of these needs with fairly high quality guys, then you feel better about the direction of where things are going. Let's see, this is recruiting. I mean, just until it's until it's all done in February, uh, it's, it's kind of open into interpretation. Right. Yeah. But let's be honest. Twelve months ago, almost twelve months ago to the day, right after signing day, we were writing about the 2019 class, and we knew there was major deficiencies on the offensive line, and we said the 2019 class will be judged primarily what they do. You know, no matter what they do in the class, it'll be judged on what they do on the offensive line and to an extent QB. And here we are two weeks out, and they got still major question marks at both those positions. Yep. So this weekend needs to provide some answers. All right. I think that's a good landing point. Guys, thanks for joining me. I'm so happy that we could all be here together and criticize everyone's pronunciation of everything. Moultrie. (laughs) Call it. <laughs> Pronunciation. <laughs> that, that was the good one. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Everyone who's listening with the podcast, appreciate it. Remember, you can go to iTunes, uh, subscribe, drop a five-star review. That helps with the show's popularity. And uh, and hopefully this information isn't stale by the time you listen to it on like Thursday night or Friday morning. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Brendan. <laughs>